You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Yeah, what an awesome, awesome day. Um, <clears throat> even before, uh, as I was sitting there, the Lord reminded me of a scripture. He says, without a vision, people perish. And other, and other places says, without prophetic revelation, we cast off restraint. We, we get reckless. We, we kind of lose uh, our direction in life. And, and today is one of those days where God is here to give and help us give us vision. Beyond our own issues, beyond our, our own immediate needs, uh, we're really good at those. We really got a grip on that. And, and God has been teaching us so much on, on the vision for, for him, for intimacy, for the power of his name, all those things he brings to the table. But today, um, Tamara had called uh, up here, and we'd done a lot of different things with Tamara, uh, with the political things and others. But and she's visited our prayer room, and that was awesome to have her there. And she called, and they said, I'd, I'd love to come up and share uh, regarding Israel with your church. And I talked to Jeff, and Jeff says, oh, we've never done that. We've never done that in the whole uh, life of praise community. I didn't know if you knew that, Mary. We have never gone in this direction before. So we thought, oh, this is awesome. So I was like going, and I was sitting there, and, says, and God was saying, I'm going to give you vision. I'm going to give your people vision, and it's going to open some floodgates for greater blessing. I kind of shared that in the first service, too. So Tamara called, and we started talking about when can this work, and she's got another event in Waverly. So we were able to kind of coordinate for her to be up here to share a vision and uh, just kind of input into Israel, uh, something we may not get on the news, Right? Things that they don't want us to know on the news. And it was just awesome what you shared during first service. And just be open to what God may want to reveal about this and about how it matters in our hearts. Uh, Tamara is very active in a lot of realms. I'll let her share a little bit of her story. But we're so blessed to have you here. Thank you. I heard your schedule. Um, I'm like going, really? Really? This gal does all this, and she comes here fresh. She came up here first service fresh. And I'm like going, that's God. <laughs> if I had her schedule, I would not be that fresh. I'm like what I am. So, <laughs> so Tamara, come on up and share what, what the Lord said. Welcome her to Praise Community. We are so blessed to have you here. This is awesome. I get two hugs. I get one first and second service. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you all for being here. Um, I said it in first service. I'll say it just so you hear it too. I love your church. I love Praise Community was prophetic when you named it because you are a community. What I feel when I come here is just a peace. There is no competition amongst your members. There is a, there is a cohesion that is not in a lot of churches. And so I want you to know what you have here. Be blessed and understand how um, rare it is that even in the body of Christ for you to have such a peaceful, loving group with no pretension. The group that was up here, it's not performance-based. 
Jim said, it's anointed. They're here to help you dig deeper and uh, into the Holy Spirit. So you're, you're so very blessed. And the other pastors that you have, make sure that they know. They're human, I'm sure. I don't know them that well to know their faults. But I'm sure they're human. Make sure they know how much you love them because you are blessed to have them. We talked earlier in your search service about what an influence you have in the public schools. For a church this size, you have a good number of people in the public school. Praise God, because it's a cesspool. Sorry, but it is. And um, we talked earlier about, I asked if you had any law enforcement. I don't think you did in the first service. Is, is there any law enforcement here? I think for a church this size in your community, I think God has a role for you, and I, I am, I'm hopeful to see what God's going to do for you to infiltrate in a loving way of taking the gospel in to your local police department and your sheriff's department, because who of all right now in America could use support, love, and, and be reminded of one, salvation, when they walk out the door every day, they don't know that they're coming back home. When others rush out, they rush in. So get behind your law enforcement. And I, I'm looking forward. Jim came up and confirmed between services that I don't want to say anything. He had had a dream, and it confirmed what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm excited to see what your church is going to do through law enforcement in this community. What a change that could be as well. I um, am so pleased to get to be here with you, and I look forward to hearing Jim. I want to hear Jim preach. I wanted to hear him preach today. So I'm going to talk to you about Israel. Everybody knows the name Israel, right? Anybody here been to Israel? Good, very good. I had never been, never intended to. God is my God. I love him. Jesus is my Savior. I don't need to go. It sounds dangerous over there, right? And then I shared this morning uh, in the earlier service kind of the prophetic way of where God brought me along. You know, I'm one of those that kind of, I, I hope to be obedient. How many of you know delay is disobedience? I'm still working on it. Sometimes God has to drag me kicking and streaming. And so he has to find creative ways to teach me. My husband could read a book and eight years later tell you what it said. I read a book, and I tell my husband what it said, so four years later he can tell me what it said, right? But I have to go learn it, see it, touch it, feel it. And so I shared this morning how the prophecy came forward, and, and in a very short time I found myself a woman who had never been, I lived in the same house on the same corner where my mother still lives my whole life. I'd never been out of the country other than fishing with my husband and my father once in Canada. Heading to the Middle East was not on my list. It was not on my bucket list. And in a very short time, God took me to Ethiopia, where I met a Jewish priestess who had lost her family walking through the desert to Israel. And even after praying with her, and, and we, we, we just met her briefly. I didn't hear the background, a lot of her faith. I just, I don't know, I just assumed, I guess, but we met and we prayed, and she had her hand on the back of my back. You know, when you take dance lessons, they tell you the man to guide the woman by the hand on the back, which my husband says I don't guide easy no matter what he does. She had her hand on the back of my back, and I, 
I didn't feel like I could step away, right? And our foreheads were touching, and we just prayed. And I was praying in the spirit, and I just assumed that she spoke my language. She spoke his language. And, if, you know, I just kept praying in the name of Jesus because I know enough about different cultures and um, witch fair and warfare that I wanted to make sure that I was right, calling the right spirits. And I just kept praying in the name of Jesus in, throughout the tongues. And she said to one of us, I know you're Jesus. She doesn't speak English. I know you're Jesus. So even when I got home, I said to my husband, she lost her husband and her kids when they were walking through the desert. I'm sure I misunderstood that. Nobody walks through the desert. Fast forward, God takes me to Israel. My husband and I got to go to Israel in January, and a year later I was there again with another group, and with that other group, the APAC, Americans for Israel Public Affairs Committee, who is a secular, um, nonpartisan it's, it's Jews with a few Christians, okay? But they took us to an Ethiopian center where they talked about the Ethiopians walking through the desert to come to their homeland. Some of them were lust, blessed enough to get on a plane where they'd taken all the seats out, just crammed as many in as possible and flown them in. Jews desperate to get home to their homeland. Christians United for Israel is a little different. Christians United for Israel is Christians with a few Jews involved. But our purpose is, one, to bless Israel. Why? God tells us to. Genesis 12, 3, it's very clear. Those who bless Israel will be. Those who curse Israel will be. Your decision. I may be a tough study, but I'm not that dumb. So we're called to bless Israel. So even when I was over there with APAC and we were more into the governmental affairs and their policies and I was hearing that they were paying for abortion and I was hearing that they have issues with gay marriage just like we have issues with gay marriage and I was saying, but you're supposed to be God's people. And if we're supposed to bless Israel, I can do everything I can, give you every last dime, but if you're not honoring God and his tenets, he'll smite you himself. And then it hit me. Uh-huh, that's God's, not yours. I am called to love Israel, not judge them. It's a good lesson for me here at home, too. I'm called to love the sinner, not judge them. When I go to the Capitol lobby, it's really easy to argue. But if I argue in such a way that I cause somebody to never want to hear the name of Jesus Christ again, I have lost the battle whether I win the bill or not. They are not my enemies. They're captives of the enemy. That's what we're dealing with with so much today. So Israel, small country that it is, the size of New Jersey, you can drive east-west in an hour. You can drive north-south in about four or five hours. There is nowhere safe inside this country that you cannot hit with a rocket. Rockets are coming in all the time. There's an app you can get for your phone called Red Alert. And it will, it will send off a siren every time rockets are coming in. It's really interesting to put it on your phone just for a small time, just so you can hear and sense what they feel. When I was over there, we were on Facebook in the lobby of our hotel, and it said that they were taking in rockets. And we thought, is this an old post? Are we taking in rockets now? They were. 
That night, rockets had come in, but they had the Iron Dome, the protection. It takes about, I think they said, $70 for them to make a rocket and send it in. They fill it with all kinds of shrapnel and things that are just going to destroy and cause damage to the flesh. It cost about 50000 to stop them. So they're very careful. They don't stop them unless they're coming into a populated area. We had to change our travel plans one day because they were coming in near Gaza Strip, near Sarot. But even with all its adversity, a country that didn't exist for centuries, and in 1947 they came together, at the same time God allowed the Dead Sea Scrolls to be found just around that time, they used the same language that they spoke when Jesus walked the earth. They used the same money we read about in the Bible. They didn't even exist for centuries. Europe can't say the same, right? This country, this small group of people, six to seven million people, like America, per capita, has more innovations, creations, medical breakthroughs than all other countries. Not because we're smart. God doesn't bless us because we're great. We're great because God blesses us. And in America, it's clear we bless Israel, and he will bless us. Israel has a covenant with God. America has a covenant to serve God. When you're having Thanksgiving this, this month with your children and your grandchildren, take a copy of the Mayflower Compact and read it. Read it. Because you'll not hear it in our public schools or on our news, but America was founded on Christian principles. And before they ever got off that ship, in the crowded, low-ceiling, stinking area where they had been crammed in together, they still took time to write that document before they ever stepped on land. We have a covenant with God. Israel is his chosen people. It is not ours to judge who they are, how they are, but to love them. Christians United for Israel has started a lobbying group, a 501c4, to be on Capitol Hill here to keep our elected officials right on those issues. How many of you read the Iran deal? Have you read it? Good. Because your Department of Defense, not so much. You can go to the video YouTube and watch Senator Cotton Q&A Armed Forces. Seven-minute video, Senator Cotton Q&A Armed Forces. I invite you all to please go watch it. In seven minutes, you will learn more than you ever thought, and you'll be disgusted and angry. You'll probably have to ask for forgiveness afterwards. But in that, John Kerry admits he never read the side deals. Oh, did you know there are side deals? Senator Cotton had to fly to Vienna to verify that there are secret agreements inside the Iran deal. When was the last time a U.S. senator had to fly to another country to find out what was happening in our own? Joni Ernst, 
because of her military experience, because of her foreign policy, now that she's a U.S. Senator, has become a quick study and a great expert on this issue. She said, you will not get to read those agreements. Congressman David Young told me he flew over to try and see them, and he was not allowed to see them. Think that through. Of what we can read, oh, and let me just tell you, Christians United for Israel had their summit, their D.C. event, and they had to change the date. They weren't sure why. They just couldn't get the hotel. It wasn't working out, so they had to change their date. Guess when we were there? 7-14, the day that John Kerry signed the Iran deal. No one saw that coming except the one who never has a surprise on his day planner. We were there that day, already had scheduled appointments to be with all of the U.S. senators and congressional members, 5,000 Christians. And they were eager and looking for help. They hadn't been allowed to see the deal as of that morning. In that deal, it says that we will come against or we will protect. See, we're not just allowing Iran to have nuclear power. We are blessing it and we are protecting it as Americans. We will protect their cyber program. Now who, and I hear they probably already likely have, would come against them and their cyber program to stop them from getting nuclear capabilities? Israel. So we, in essence, are being pitted against our friend, our ally, the only stability, really, over in the Middle East. Think that through. This also creates an arms race because Saudi Arabia and other countries are saying, we will have nuclear as well. If Iran's going to have it, we will certainly have it. $150 billion, and these are all on talking points over on the table in the back. These are on talking points for you just for your quick study. 150, 100 to $150 billion with a B dollars in frozen assets because Iran has not been behaving themselves. Remember, for those of you who are young, Iran took hostage American citizens. Was it in the 70s? Iran is the largest state sponsor of terrorism across the globe, and they've never apologized for it. And in this deal, we never asked them to stop it. Because of their behavior, we had their assets frozen, 100 to $150 billion. Those are going to be released. Guess how those will be spent? That doesn't include the sanctions that are going to be removed. Because of their behavior, we had sanctions on them. And if you hear politicians say, well, we'll just put new sanctions on, understand you will not get that choice. In this bill, it says we will not interfere with their commerce. Or it's not a bill, it's a deal. All right? Also, and I've got a... Facebook page called Kufi Action Iowa, where I just post things that from Jerusalem news that you don't hear here. And in that, um, there's a link on there that talks about one of the leaders in Iran saying Israel will not be here in 25 years, and we will hound them until we destroy them. But that's not so horrible because... As this tells you, they say the same thing about us. 
Death to America conference, a leading Iranian foreign policy expert said our fight against America is not about this or that problem. It's about the very existence of America. We bless Israel because God told us to. But if you were not a believer at all, you should bless Israel because it's just smart to do it militarily, politically, economically. America does give foreign aid to Israel, but 75% of it comes back to our country, and the other 25% they use on innovation in the military field, and we are learning and benefiting from that for our soldiers. Because of the combat they are under, they came up with a device that they could pick up a wounded soldier and put him on the back and still have their weapon in hand and carry their soldier off the field. America can gladly use that technology as well. Israel is the one country that allows every other ethnic group and religious group to worship in the holy places. Islam stops at wherever they can. If you go to where some believe the tomb is, there is now one of those very tall sirens that puts out the Muslim call while you're there worshiping. And if you've ever heard, have you ever heard the Muslim call? It is a very monotone, angry, it's just not the joy of the Lord. You know, we worship to have the joy of the Lord, to have freedom in the Lord. Look at the women you see who are in the Islamic cultures. Many are hidden. And even those who can show their face are in great bondage. We serve Christ because he brings us freedom through Christ. But you look at any other country that's under Muslim rule, you will not see that freedom. Read your Bill of Rights while you're reading that Mayflower Compact. Jump over to the Declaration of Independence. I know it's not July 4th, but read how God was mentioned four times in that Declaration of Independence. Jump over to your Bill of Rights. That First Amendment that we have the freedom of religion to worship however we wish, it is because of that freedom that we have the right to worship however we wish in this country because we know truth wins when truth is told. And it doesn't take swords or guns. Out of Israel, I'll have to read this to you just so I don't mess it up. Um, there's a book here called Startup Nation talking about all of their countries. This little group of seven million people that is on, under constant a threat, which by the way, once they became a nation, within I think, was it six hours, they were under attack. They, by the way, just so you, in case you don't know, have enemies on every side. I've been there to see the shelling when we were up at the north between Syria and is it Lebanon? I'm such a geography major. Another reason God takes me so I can see it right there. Examples, the country, Israel's adversity, their driven culture fosters a unique combination of innovative and entrepreneurial in intensity. There are more companies on the NASDAQ than Korea, Japan, Singapore, India, and all of Europe combined. Think that through. What's the Bible say? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of 
knowledge. I'll bless my people. I'll bless those who bless Israel. So if somebody's an atheist, they ought to understand the beauty of blessing Israel. I will also tell you that come November 20th, the Friday before Thanksgiving, the family leader uh, always has a leadership conference, and they bring in presidential years the candidates, but not in a debate setting, around a table setting, so you can see their mannerisms, their character, and get to know them a little bit. That is November 20th, but right before that at 4 p.m., Kufi Action, Christians United for Israel, and the new action fund that Gary Bauer is heading up will have a reception at 4 p.m., and Gary Bauer is coming to address Iowans, and Senator Joni Ernst has agreed to come speak, barring that she doesn't get forced to stay and vote. They've put us on her calendar. There's another gentleman I'm hoping to get who is building a church in the Arab Quarter in Jerusalem. If you come to this, if you sign up now online, you will get then vouchers to go free into the presidential forum, which otherwise costs $15. Plus, you get a $10 food voucher. So I hope you will sign up for that. Also out here, we have sign-up sheets that if you would sign up just to pray for Israel. So when Gary Bauer and I and others are lobbying in Washington, D.C., we can say we have this number of people with us. Because how many of you know politicians? They're a lot like children. They behave better when they know adults are watching. So if we can go there and say we have this many people with us, that gives us weight. And it helps them do the right thing. All right? So I know Jim's going to come and talk to you about the theological and the biblical calls on Jerusalem. I will tell you, some people ask about the dual covenant, if there's a dual covenant philosophy in Kufi, and there is not. Dual covenant, some people are saying that if you simply believe in God or the Trinity, that that's enough to get you to heaven. I believe the Bible's quite clear. No one comes to the Father but through me, Jesus Christ. All the more reason for us as Christians to get to Israel, to bless Israel with the truth. How dare we not tell God's chosen the truth? When we were there, we were in the Valley of Elah, David and Goliath, right? But it's more than the story of a little boy beats up a big giant. One of the pastors said, listen, these were the Israelites. They'd seen the Red Sea parted. They'd seen the miracle of God's provision and protection. And yet here, they allowed the enemy in their camp. Land God had given them, and they still allowed the enemy to infiltrate, and they were cowering because they were looking at the size of a man. His point was, why did they allow the enemy in the camp in the first place? I would say that to you here in America, our public schools, our colleges, our education, our, our, our media, our entertainment industry, our medical industry, why have we allowed the enemy in in the first place? We have work to do. We have land to take back. We have giants to take down. 
We absolutely can do it when we quit looking through man's eyes and start looking through God's eyes. And I believe this church, in this area, you are critical to what God is going to do in this state and, of course, this state with this nation beyond Kufi. I'm just telling you, you have a place in the eye of God. He has his hand upon you. I hope you'll stop back at the table. I hope you'll sign up to at least be a sponsor in prayer over Israel. I hope you'll start looking at the headlines Right now, just let me tell you, Tom Brokaw is going through the country, and he's on every news show, Charlie Rose, the night shows, talking about the new book he's written on the EMP. Are you familiar with the EMP? Electromagnetic pulse that's going to destroy us, and they say, what, 90,000 people will be dead in how many days? And he's stirring up the strife, and he's stirring up the fear, and he's saying that President Obama mentioned it in two State of the Unions. If that's the case, then why didn't President Obama go ahead with the solution? Because the same man, Henry Cooper, who's a former ambassador who I've interviewed on a radio show that I do, and you can hear the podcast online, him and Dr. Peter Pry, who is an expert on national security policy, Henry Cooper helped create the Iron Dome. For the same cost as what we give to Pakistan in foreign aid each year, $2 billion with a B, we could have Iron Dome-like protection over our electric grid. Tom Brokaw's not telling you that. He's just stirring up the fear and raising up the man who's done nothing about it. I'm telling you, there are people breeding unrest in this country, maybe unknowingly, you know where the rest is found. You know where the peace and help come from. And because of that, I believe God will equip you to do the work in the land. Prayer, your, your church is so incredible in prayer. I have gotten to come to your prayer sessions, and if you ever get to stop in on any Monday through Friday at noon, I would highly recommend you do it. It will be the power bar that you need to get you through the day like an energy bar. It is incredible. Prayer paves the way, but action possesses the land. That is something we say at Concerned Women for America. So I thank you for your time. I'm stepping aside because I want to hear what Pastor Jim says, and I know you'll be blessed by it too. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Wow. Wow, wow. I tell you what, that's just amazing. And it's... It is a wake-up call for all of us because there is, it, I kind of link it a little bit. We had uh, uh, Pastor Cruz up here, Senator Cruz's dad, talked a couple weeks ago, and that was like another, way, another little wake-up call. So, and then God just kind of infuses us with his presence and begins to cast vision in our hearts for uh, our place in his heart, and then he comes around and says, now I, wanted, I, want, you to, I want you to see this. I want to see Israel. I want to show you a people that I have possessed and I have called as my very own and I've used uh, from the very beginning. And as, <clears throat> as I was preparing and standing with Israel, uh, things that kind of gripped my heart to start with, I, I started sharing the first service, Israel is God's idea. It, it wasn't a man, 
Abram did not say, I'm, I'm leaving this land. I'm going to go over here and try to f- find a new land. No, if you, if you read, uh, could you go to the very next slide, Tasha? The second one? Yeah. He says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So here the initiation for Israel is all in God. He had a home. Abram had, he wasn't looking for a new land. He wasn't Columbus. He wasn't anyone else going out looking for a new place to live. He was established where they are. If you look, it was from that, the, the tribe of Shem that came over on Noah's Ark, and then you'll find that, and, and it leads to his, and they were really established. So this whole action of God to create or to establish Israel was totally in his heart. And the next one, Tosh. And then he says what she quoted, says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So there was a call to establish Israel, but then in that obedience, God says, and I'll bless you. And not only will I bless you, but anybody else that says Yay, yes to you, I say yes to them as well. God was just affirming Israel, affirming them over and over. He says, I'm not just calling you out. I am providing a blessing, and I am also providing protection. So when you see the, the blessing and the cursing, you're looking at a blessing for Israel and a, and a protection for Israel in that place of God's standing in in the gap for them. So he raises up Israel. So really, they're birthed out of this place of of moving forward. I won't spend a lot of time, but if you look at the, the Israel going forward, we look at Abram, and he ends up with Ishmael and Isaac. God had a promise. He had a nation. He also, like Tamara said, had a delay. And sometimes we see a delay as, wow, I better, I better do something. Well, that's what happened to Abram. He did something when God says, wait. And here he ended up with Ishmael. And Ishmael, there's some history behind that, that that kind of is the fostering point for the Islamic faith, was the outside, the, the other brother, as it were. And then he had Isaac, because God showed up, affirmed him, and says, no, 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 it's through, it's through Sarah. I'm going to give you an Isaac. And so he had a, so really from the very beginning, it was conflict. Ishmael, Isaac. Isaac, chosen one. Ishmael of this. And next thing you know, what happens? Rebecca gets pregnant. Anybody know what she had? She had twins. She had twins, Esau and Jacob. And can you find that one about them inside the wrestling? Yeah, Jacob and Esau. Jacob, they were wrestling. They were even wrestling in the womb. Even inside of her, coming forth, there was a wrestling going on between the two. And you see, yeah, he says the baby's jostled within her. And she says, why is this happening to me? So she inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, your two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. 
This is Jacob. This is coming forth in Israel. This is the wrestling. So when we look at the world, I, I share this because I want you to see what's going on in the world now between ISIS and Israel, between Iran and Israel. It's been going on from the very beginning. Israel was birthed out of conflict. Israel was formed out of conflict. And God was in the middle of it all along. God's eyes, his, his place of affection, his desires was for Israel from the very beginning. So in this, we see how, I, I wanted to share this, so don't be shaken by what you see on the news. Don't, don't lose your, your kingdom perspective if you're, when you're watching the news. Understand God's vision in this whole thing and how his involvement has been from the beginning. And how in that place of thing that Esau, this is another thing, Esau sold his birthright as the firstborn to Jacob. Then Jacob goes on and deceives Esau for the blessing. And I, I looked at that and I said, wow, Jacob wasn't happy with just the material thing. Because he got the birthright. The birthright represented the material blessing of a firstborn. You get the first fruits, you get the first of the thing, you know, the blessing of that was in the material sense. No, Jacob deceived his father to receive the blessing and steal it from Esau. He wanted the spiritual stuff as well. Though he may not have known God, he said, I want, I, I want them both. And that was out of that place. And I want, again, to share this. Next thing you know, what happens? Jacob, he's on the road. I says, I'm getting out of here. Esau's mad. Esau was going to kill him. Jacob takes off. He takes off. What happens? He has an encounter with God as he's running away. Next one, Tosh. He turns into a deceiver to a prince of God. The encounter number one is at Bethel. Now, the first encounter is the open heaven. You know the ladder, Jacob's ladder? The open heaven. The angels show up. The angels start manifesting. Next thing you know, Jacob has a revelation of God's presence. He goes from there. He finds Laban. He gets blessed. Read the story. He finds, he gets two wives. He gets a bunch of kids. He gets almost all of Laban's stuff. And he gets so blessed, Laban gets mad at him. Well, here he is. He's got Esau mad at him. He's got Laban mad at him. So Jacob says, I got to leave. I'm going to go back to my homeland. So he takes off God encounter number two. So Jacob left alone with a man, wrestled at night. Now this is on his way back to Laban. He saw this man that he could not, he started wrestling with him. Couldn't overpower him. Next one. Then the man said, let me go for this daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said to him, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. There you are. That's going on right now, friends. There, there's a wrestling match. God is wrestling with Israel. He wants their heart. God is wrestling with Israel. He wants their affection. And they're, they're in that place where the, there is the, the difference in them isn't like in the past. It's very thin. 
when you hear, and I've, I've heard stories of, of many Israelis just coming to Christ now because the veil, the, the filter is very thin for them. And why? Why are many Israelis coming to Jesus? It's because we and us, you, you guys, we're praying for them. And when we pray, the, the heaven and earth start to get closer together. And I believe heaven and earth is getting closer together over Israel right now. That's why all this stuff is breaking out, because there is a closeness to heaven and earth in, over Israel because of the prayers of God's people, because he has called us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the salvation of his people. So Jacob goes on, and he comes back to Esau. Next one, Josh. Jacob comes back. God gives great favor. In this whole place, he gets a new name. He's got a new identity. I'm Israel. I'm the prince of God. I've got a new identity. In that new identity, he gets favor with Esau. He thought Esau is still going to be terribly mad at him. All of a sudden, he shows up. Esau says, oh, I'm glad you're here. Welcomes him the whole nine yards. I tell you what, when you get a name change from God, that's what it's all about, being a new creation. All of a sudden, you will find favor in places you never had favor before. All of a sudden, you'll have access, and, and that's what happened to Israel. But here's what he did. He said, after Jacob came from Paddan Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan, camped within the side of the city, pitched his tent, and there he set up an offer and called it El Elohe Israel. Next one. If you look at the last line. El Elohe Israel is the personal God of Israel. That shifted everything again. See the past they were using Jehovah Elohe, which is the Lord my God, or Jehovah Elohenu was the Lord our God. But he got a revelation and he built an altar and he says, no, our God is a personal God over Israel. He is El Elohe Israel. And in that place, it's, it, that has not changed. God formed a covenant, an everlasting covenant with them. And that is where, and that is, that's the God's heart over Israel. Let's go to that, God's heart. Because here is where we connect. God establishes this. And he established, and Tamara and I were talking about, an everlasting covenant with Israel. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and touch on that replacement theology before we close. Because there's a teaching that's, that's gone on for a long time in the church, and I want you to be aware of it because it's not God. And that one is, as it says up here, it says the, it's, it's meaning that God broke his covenant with Israel, with the Jews, and gave it to the church. It's a teaching that says, they crucified my son, they broke covenant, they, they rejected him, so I'm rejecting them. That's the, and he says, in its place, I'm bringing in the church. That's a total lie. That's a total lie from the enemy. And I'll tell you one of the, and that last thing, why? Because look at what it does. It will filter and, and Tamara touches on this well. He says, our decisions regarding Israel, this is so subtle. They may not go totally anti-Semitic, but it filters them, and it brings Israel out of a place of preeminence and out of a place of destiny into a place of, 
of just dealing with Mexico or dealing with, you know, just out of its place of, of um, importance in the kingdom of God and in our church because it just filters and says, oh, you're not that important because the church has taken the place of, of, the, of the main blessing of God and you're just another people, just another people. And what's the fallout? It plants seeds of anti-Semitism. I didn't mention this in the first. Can anybody guess who the first, who the worst, let's put the worst, buy into this replacement theology was? Hitler. If you look at Adolf Hitler, he, was, he came out of the church as a young man, actually. And he got into, uh, he re rejected that, but in that place of the church, they bought into this replacement theology. And he took it, and as we know, took it to another level. So it plants the seeds is what happens, and it's just that potential in this theology that um, is very satanic, very deceptive. Also, it, it disempowers the church. It, if we say we replaced Israel, all of a sudden, all the heritage of Israel, all the Old Testament stuff in Israel, it, it's not that important. Because, oh, we got Jesus, and you guys are second best, second rate. And so all of a sudden, we lose the, the meat and potatoes of the word of God by buying in that the Israel has not, does not have that preeminent, that possessive place in God's heart. So it's, it's very important that we remember. And the last point on that slide, it says, God is, it says that God is a covenant breaker. He's not a covenant keeper. Because they, they, they rejected him, I reject them. Who wants to serve a God like that? Not me. That's not our God. That's not our Jesus. And so in this theology, these, these attitudes, they may not be verbalized, but they're very subtle, and it's what the enemy has been doing in regards to that. So what is our response then as a people? How can we bless Israel? Oh, I should just share something. This may, this may encourage you, because Tamara touched on some things. Here's a couple quotes that I wanted to share. I had faith in Israel before it was established. I believe it has a glorious future before it, not just another sovereign nation, but as an embodiment of the great ideals of our civilization. This government has been informed that the Jewish state has been proclaimed in Palestine and recognition has been requested by the provisional government thereof. The United States recognizes the provisional government as the de facto authority of the new state of Israel, Harry S. Truman. Another one, let us make it clear that we will never turn our backs on our steadfast friends in Israel, whose adherence to the democratic way must be admired by all freedoms of friends of freedom. Israel was not created to disappear. Israel will endure and flourish. It is the child of hope, the home of the brave. It can neither be broken by adversity nor demoralized by success. It carries the shield of democracy and honors the sword of freedom. John F. Kennedy. In Israel, free men and women are every day demonstrating the power of courage and faith. 
the new country could never survive. Today, no one questions that Israel is a land of stability, democracy, in a region of tyranny and unrest. Ronald Reagan. And I got some more, too. I mean, our leaders have blessed Israel. We need to pray. We need to intercede that God will continue to raise up leaders like we've had in the past who have been unwavering, uncompromising, and standing in solidarity with the leaders of Israel, with the people of Israel, and with a vision of God. They've understood it. They've known it. This is our heritage. And if we, as the people of God, will lend our voice to that, we will trump any negative naysayers in other high offices because the church of God holds sway in the heavens. We hold authority in the heavens. You hold authority in the heavens. And if we stand, and as a state of Israel, we have been standing over and over again saying, we will bless Israel. We will stand in agreement with Israel as the state of Iowa. Our crops are going to be the best crops we have had in a, in a long time. I saw reports how our crops are going to be so awesome this year. They're just, it's a bounty. It's a tremendous harvest. Why? Because some people got down there and got put action to their words and got Terry Branstead to sign an agreement, which we read in the prayer room, and prayed over it that, it, that the state of Iowa stands in agreement with Israel as a unified partner with the state of Israel. We as individuals can do the same thing. We, are gonna, we have an access to open extra blessings over your home just by saying, Father, bless Israel. Save their families. Save their children. Do what you love to do. Glorify Jesus in Israel. Because I tell you what, Israel was formed to bring Jesus. Israel's maintained to bring him back. Now, sometimes we are in that place as a church. We have our responsibilities as a church, but Israel is maintained and set up to help and to be a place where Jesus is returning. He's returning for the church, but he's returning for Israel. He's returning for his nation. He died for them too, right? So this is what we're looking at is to, to buy in, to agree with God's heart, to know that he loves this land, and he loves us. And if we'll do that, he will promise he'll open the windows of heaven. We'll have fresh blessings. And you wonder, wow, I'd, how did that happen? And something will click. Say, yeah. Remember? You've been starting to pray for Israel every Tuesday, which we do downstairs. Every Tuesday, we pray for Israel. Their peace, their salvation, protection. And... Uh, and God's just been, I mean, he just opens us up to a whole other level of his presence. So, oh, I, so much more. But I, I did want to share some of that. Because to know the future, you have to know the history. To know the future in Israel, it really does help to know the history of Israel. The, the birthing of Israel and how it's been reborn not that long ago, 1948, I think it was, when it was reborn. Now it's reborn for a purpose. God always has a purpose in your life, in my life, for a rebirth. And sometimes that can happen in so many ways. So, Jason, you want to come up and we'll close in, in prayer? Thanks again, Tamara. We are so blessed. Hallelujah. 
Well, let's just pray for Israel for a, for a brief bit and uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Stand, if you will. Stand. I, I, I always, for me, I, I, it helps me. <laughs> so let's just stand before his presence. Father, we stand, O oh Lord God. I ask for a greater love for Israel in my heart. I ask for a greater vision and a greater desire for its salvation. Father, infuse my heart with your heart. Infuse my thoughts with your thoughts for Israel, God. Don't let other voices get in the way, Father. Would you just begin to trumpet even louder? Oh, Lord, sound the alarm even louder in our hearts and in the hearts of our leaders, God. Awaken. I ask for an awakening in Washington, D.C. to the serious of this nature, to the serious of these things, oh Lord God, that you will raise up voices with a prophetic unction in Washington, D.C., God, that will stand as prophets in Jesus' name, that will stand and speak on behalf of Israel, Father. We are asking that you will release influence in very high places, God. If you must, even write on the walls of their bedroom, oh Lord God, but awaken some leaders to the urgency of the hour, Father. We want to be a nation that stands with Israel. We want to be a people that stands with Israel. We want to be a state and a city and a church that will stand with your Israel, oh Lord God. Father, we thank you for this land, these people. We would ask that you will begin to move with power, protecting them. Father, I'm grateful for the Iron Dome, but I ask for the glory dome. I ask for the glory of your presence, the flaming ones to stand guard around the borders of Israel. Father, I'm asking you to send your angels to catch some of those bombs that the Iron Dome doesn't. Father, I ask that you will do a supernatural work, that you will just begin to send revival to families and salvation and the revelation of Jesus Christ to the lives of the people of Israel and throughout Jerusalem. Father, use these ministries. Use Christ United for Israel, Father. Oh, Lord, open new doors for them, areas of influence for them, Father. Let them be a sharp two-edged sword in your hand as they bring forth your word and your will to, to people. As they bear influence, God, would you rally an army around them in Jesus' name. Bless Gary Bauer. Bless Joni Ernst, oh, Lord God. Use them as your voices, as your trumpeters, Lord God. Strengthen them in their efforts, we pray in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for renewing and reviving us. Give us vision, O oh Lord. Show us your kingdom. Show us your glory. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.